Hi, I'm Rochelle Jackson, and this is The Crime Couch. I'm an investigative journalist and true crime author, and I know who's who in the zoo, the crims, the cops, and the interesting individuals in between. So get comfy and join me here on The Crime Couch. It's going to be one heck of a journey. The Crime Couch is proudly sponsored by Bank Vic. The ability to recognise an offender is vital for police work. Creating a likeness of an offender's face increases police's chances of nabbing them. Victoria Police used to use the PhotoFit program. That was until Officer Adrian Patterson. The former detective sergeant created a world first, a computer program called FACE, or Facial Automated Composition and Editing. This amazing technology allows lifelike images to be created using sophisticated software that can blend or blemish skin tones, adjust the shape of a nose and the colour and style of someone's hair. Welcome to The Crime Couch, Adrian. Thanks, Rochelle. Why did you become a police officer? Well, I left school in South Australia at 16. Uh, got a job in the state public service over there in the education department and had a, a lovely gentleman for a boss. And uh, he said that if I worked hard uh, when he left, I'd stand a fair chance of being able to take over his role. And I looked around at the old government buildings and the wood panelled walls and I thought, no thanks. I wanted to get <laughs> get out and get a bit of fresh air and something a bit more adventurous of being a, a administrative clerk or jury to the finer points. You were in general duties initially. Now, then you became a, a detective. You did your detective training school. What led you to working in the uh, identification squad, Adrian? Well, I was always artistic, I guess. I was very fortunate. When I was in general duties, I'd turn an accident scene and uh, you'd have to do a sketch of the accident scene. Draw the little cars, a little box with car A and another little box with car B in it and a little cross in a circle where they collided. I used to draw the Volkswagens and Monaros and pedestrians doing, you know, yeah, a bit of mirth from the uh, the sergeants and other people in the station. So I think when there was a need in the ID unit, which was only one or two guys in there, if somebody went on leave, they needed somebody. And I think my name must have been thrown up. And I got a call to uh, say, listen, next Monday you're in the ID squad. And I thought, okay. What's that? So I had no idea, but it was yeah, just the start of a long journey. Have you always been artistic and had an ability to draw? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, right from school with um, all the school projects and that were all very uh, illustrated. As long as I can remember, I've always had a pencil or whatever. And it was more than, I guess, very spoilt to get into the world of electronics later in life and use a stylus and a pad and computer graphics. But yeah, I've always been keen on art. Do you think you're a bit of a visual person? Like I think people sometimes have a bit of a, a tendency to be a visual or a technological or a technical person. Would you describe yourself as having a, a visual sort of capacity in the way you think? Absolutely. Sat on a plane with a person from another nationality and we conversed because I drew lots of pictures about things and about Australia and yeah, we conversed. I get a bit of rubbishing from friends in Rello sometimes because I say I draw pictures in my mind. If I Even at home, um, we have quite a, a big property and I say, oh, I'm going to build a waterfall or build a you know a bridge or whatever. And my wife said, what, what are you talking about? And I said, I've got pictures in my head. I've got it. I know exactly what I'm doing. So I'll sketch it all out. So yeah, everything's everything's got to be illustrated. 
How would you describe the older sort of system, the photo fit system that detectives used to use? And tell me, you know, what were its limitations? At the time, or prior, about 1960, there was Identikit, which was just a single black line on a clear sheet of acetate. And uh, there'd be a whole collection of those. Uh, one little pile would have just eyes on them, wide open eyes, narrow eyes. And people would select that single acetate sheet and uh, place it down on a, a like a light box and you'd end up with a black outline drawing. But that was 1960 photo fit came in from the UK and it was deemed to be the greatest thing since sliced bread because it was almost photographic. It was photographic pieces all cut up into, sliced into eyes, nose, mouths and reassembled. But unfortunately, you know, exceptionally good and it, it did some good work from about 1970 to around 1980 odd. But it comprised of uh, bowler hats and all things British. Uh, it didn't really suit multicultural Melbourne, unfortunately, where we've got you know, a wide range of needs, I guess. And photo fit, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old when I came in in 1983, it was very tattered, torn, very weathered and there was just nothing else. It obviously had real limitations. How did detectives then use that system to be able to find people or was it just not very useful? Oh, no, it was useful and it did help identify quite a number of offenders. It, w- it was a good system in, in its day. But if you put a, f- a face together or witness picked out components and went through the different noses, for one thing, they'd look at a page with maybe um, 40 or 50 noses on it and they can look quite daunting and extraordinary by themselves so people would have a look and say well maybe number 10 so you'd get the number 10 nose out and put it on the face and they say oh no it doesn't look right so to be able to see the face in situ and the whole you know, the whole image was a need and also if they said that looks good but the face was longer than that you couldn't stretch the photographic components so just a piece of paper so that was good but it was very very limited and it just needed to we needed to go somewhere. Tell me Adrian where did you get this idea of the face system? A bit of a Funny, funny story relating that. I had seen a um, being a movie buff, a James Bond movie, and James Bond's gone down to the cellars wherever he goes, and M's brought up this system on the screen, and James Bond puts his face together, and I thought that's that's where we've got to go. So I made a call to Pinewood Studios in UK and said, "Hey, down here in uh, Australia," and they said, "No, no, it's just a mock up for the t- for the uh, for the movie." And I thought, "Oh, what a shame!" So that planted the seed. So uh, then started to um, literally while we're driving around doing investigative duties, uh, pulling in at uh, different uh, computer graphic premises businesses. Uh, and this is way back in early days with Atari computers and you know the little Mac machines, and there wasn't anything really good, and we really had to hunt to try and find somebody who could who was good with computer graphics and uh, high color resolution images. How does the face system work using the computer technology? How actually does it work, Adrian? Uh, it's exceptionally versatile. The software has been tweaked in recent years uh, to make it even even better, a lot better. But uh, in, in basic terms, we captured as many faces as we could from people. Didn't want to know who they were, anything about them. Just said, we might have get a photograph of your face. And they'd stand there, look at the camera, you go click. There's another face we've got. And we ended up with a, a vast collection of high resolution color photos, just ordinary um, wet film photos. They were all put into the system, which uh, had a template. And we'd put that over the face. And then we'd just select the eyes digitally, cut them out, and then put them into a categories. So it might be hairstyles would be one, then you break it down to colour, dark, blonde, red, whatever, and then break it down again into short, wavy, curly. So you'd go into a specific database with a limited number of hairstyles out of 500. You go in and maybe the witness would look at about 50. And we did the same with the eyes, nose, mouth, chin. So we end up with a huge database of facial components, which the witnesses could then sit there and see them on screen in front of them and just scroll through the face and just watch the mouth change or the nose change. And hang on, just go back to that last one. Yeah, that last one looks good. You just make the mouth a little bit wider or something. So we had that flexibility. 
What are the advantages of using this system, the face system, in comparison to, say, PhotoFit? Well, the main thing is that people can see the image on the screen in front of them. There's a couple of phrases that you know, I used to throw around a lot. One is that people look, but they don't observe. So they'll see something, but then it just doesn't lock in for whatever reason. They may not have a, a reason to, to remember that until something happens. They say, oh, my God, I wish I'd had a better look. But it doesn't matter how good the, the system is itself or how good the uh, forensic guys are, the uh, police members in there. If you can't remember, we can't create a face. We needed something that they could uh, look at, identify with, and maybe uh, best way of describing, I guess, is to get the original face or, or the basic face in there and then extend it to the point where it's limited only by what people can remember. If they want an eyebrow earring put in or they want some um, you know, five o'clock shadow put on, anything at all, it's limited only by what people can remember. And that's our job is to get that best possible image from the victim or the witness to be able to give to the investigators. Just how accurate is the system? The system is very, very, very good. Um, there are a few studies done you know, around the world by different uh, universities and things like that. People have an interest in facial identification, which, which is great. Um, but in those days when we first started off, um, we kept accurate records that we would send a, a description that we'd obtained from a victim or a witness, send that description out to the um, investigators. If they got an arrest, they would send a return back to us with the name of the offender, when they were charged, their date of birth, all those things. And we kept accurate records and we were averaging, which we were a little surprised at, but around about 20% uh, hit rate. And that was uh, they were confirmed. How difficult was the software program to actually build? Like you mentioned that you didn't get a Guernsey and it wasn't actually being officially done, as in the James Bond film. How difficult was it to find a, a software company that would build this? It was a real challenge. We had a lot of people very supportive, a lot of businesses, until at one stage we attended the um, exhibition buildings where there was a computer uh, demo place on there. One company had exactly what we wanted, but it had a, an IBM box and a Mitsubishi screen. I thought, oh, it's a bit, bit Mickey Mouse, for want of a better phrase, that you know, it's soon to get something that's made by a firm, not put together by bits and pieces. And it wasn't until maybe a year or two later when we were still bouncing around knocking on doors that uh, I came upon a, a company and they said, uh, yep, we can help you do that. Uh, why didn't you come to us a couple of years ago? I said, well, you had all bits and pieces. And he said, well, we had the best IBM box. We had the best Mitsubishi monitor we had. I thought, oh, I just wasted a year or two. So they were more than interested. They looked upon it as a challenge and they had a couple of very young guns that were smart with IT. And I used to call in on the way home from work and without any money or finance or promises, they worked with me for about oh, about four years to get face to a marketable uh, product, I guess you could say. Then I had to try and sell it to VicPol. That's my next question. What was the response from Command about the face program? That was also very challenging. I know they were my priorities. I'm, I'm very autocratic, I guess. If I know something needs to be done, I'll go and do it and make sure it's done properly. But trying to have to work through or work under administration command was a bit of a challenge because uh, they would ask, you know, what's this computer stuff of yours? I couldn't get funding straight away. I ended up going to uh, Kyle Glare, who was a chief commissioner at the time, which didn't do me a lot of good in the big picture of things, jumping over everybody to see the boss. And I showed him what we had. He said, is this all what you've got to work with? I said, yes. What do you need? And I said, I've got this computer system I want to want to put in. How much is that? And it was about 170000 at the time, which was mega dollars back in 1985. He went and saw the minister, who was Steve Crabb, I think. Um, I got a phone call on the Friday saying, Chief Commissioner wants to see you again. I thought, ouch. I went in and, uh, yeah, sit down. He said, how you going? I said, yep, good. He said, uh, you've got 170000 Go get your computer. It took three days after about three years of pushing. But even then, I'd get into the lift with... 
was one of the bigger bosses in the crime department because I was f- feeling a little bit happy about it all. And uh, you get a, <laughs> I get into the lift and you know, Adrian, how are you? I say, yeah, good, thanks, boss. This computer stuff of yours going to work? I say, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it'll be better. I thought, ah, okay, yeah, hit it better. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it'll be fine. Thanks very much for asking. <laughs> so it was very challenging. And even then afterwards, we got it in, we were using it. But then if we wanted to go out to a crime scene or a victim in hospital, we needed laptops. So that also was a challenge. So once again, it went to the went to the missus office. And uh, yeah, we got two laptops. Once again, didn't do me the world of good, but gee, it was great to be able to have good equipment to work with and sit down with victims and witnesses and know that you're, you're doing good. It's an extraordinary accomplishment and only people that understand how police organisations work would understand what a triumph it must have been because you're dealing with a very conservative organisation. They're not lateral thinkers at the best of times. Bankvic was founded by police in 1974 to help members get a better deal on banking. Things are better today, but Bank Vic's purpose is the same. To serve the police better than the other banks with great rates and personal service. With a branch inside Victoria Police Centre and mobile lenders visiting stations or available by appointment, they're available where and when it suits you. Bank Vic get police because they've been helping them with their banking for nearly 50 years. To find out more, go to bankvic.com slash the crime couch. Bankvic is the trading name of Police Financial Services Limited, ABN 33087651661. You managed to establish FACE. You got the ministerial funding. What was the response you got from the other police services across the country? Oh, it was it raised a lot of eyebrows, but because there was no national standard. Terry Dunner, the guy over in WA, he does exceptionally good work and uh, yeah, he's a great artist as well as being a police officer, but he was working on Macs, Apple Macs, and the face system only ran on DOS on, on an IBM, you know, on a box. Similar with uh, New South Wales, chap in Queensland. He thought it was great, but he thought he could probably uh, put together something maybe a bit better himself, which was his option, but the face system itself ended up being marketed overseas, which was good. I went over to Canada and helped set it up and train the guys over there in my time when I took some leave. It turned out to be an exceptional advantage having an Asian database that we got from Malaysia when we were called to help with the Bali bombing over in Indonesia. You also got some other response, like from NYPD. What was their response? (laughs) Yeah, that 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 was great in the big picture of things. Uh, a chap in charge of their identification unit was a uh, guy called Frank Domingo and uh, a lovely guy. Um, it was a treat for me to go over to the States and, and go and visit. You know, we'd, I knew who he was and he knew who I was, but we'd never met. And uh, when I went in, you know, hey, buddy, how you doing? And I thought, you talk like they do on TV, you know. Anyway, we, he, I sat down and watched him do some interviews and he sketched. He still sketched with a pencil. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And taking nothing away from Frank at all. And I pulled out a laptop uh, that I took with me and brought the face stuff up and started to put a couple of faces together and hey buddy what are you doing using a computer he said we're supposed to be artists and he was a little bit against computer because um, he thought it would take away the work that he did he he didn't at that time uh, didn't view it as a another tool that he could use to to enhance the work that he did this is going back 1985 1989 it was good to be a front runner i guess and I'm sure someone like frank would have quickly understood that it is just another tool for an artist to use yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, 
their legal system is totally um, different to ours in as much as if a detective was interviewing, say, yourself, uh, we'd say, can you remember the person who assaulted you? And say, yeah, yeah, I've got a pretty good idea. Okay, we'll get the ID squad guys to interview you and see if we can get a description of this, this person. After you've put the face image together, we'll show you through some mugshots, which are on screen. But if we were to show you mugshots first, Defence Council will then jump on us and say, well, obviously this face image that's been put together, the witnesses or victims' memory has been corrupted because they've just looked at 50, 60, 100 photos. Over in New York, the first thing they did when I sat there watching the interviews, Frank asked the, the victim, you know, Caucasian, Hispanic, Black American, whatever, pulled out a great big drawer of photos and said, have a look through these. And I found that a little confronting, but you know, it's not wasn't my ballpark. And they would go through, thumbing through all the photos and say, oh, hairstyle was a bit like this. So he'd then draw the hairstyle while they were going through looking for eyes. So I thought... Oh, it's a little bit different to Aussie. I think we were doing it right, and I think we were doing it better. How did this system, the face system, develop your skills in computer graphics? I don't know how you can how you draw a line there. It was opening up an incredible new world. I mean, as much as once we were able to get used to using a stylus and a graphics pad, which are, everybody uses them these days pretty much. You can even draw with your finger on a pad. But we found that uh, the versatility, and it's not only ourselves, the members are in there now, I'm talking about myself, but all the guys in there with me and still in there, some of them for you know 20 odd years, experts in what they do. But when we found that the software was so versatile, the missing persons would come up and say, listen, this new system you've got, can you, do you reckon you could age somebody's face for us? We've got this girl that's been missing for 10 or 12 years. Can you age her from about 10 up to about 21 or 22? Or the homicide squad would come up and say, we found this body on the beach or whatever. It's been washed up or it might be a homicide of some sort. The body's down at the mortuary coroner's court down there. I've sat down there with a woolly jumper on and some tomato sandwiches for the afternoon and sat there trying to draw a deceased person in the early days. Then when the computer's versatility became available, we'd go down and take a digital photograph of it, straight back to the office and then enhance it using software, whether it be Photoshop or any of the other software applications, and rebuild the face. And we ended up that ageing, facial reconstruction, even the guys that would, um, guy from Melbourne Uni, that would reconstruct the skull with plaster and all that, once that was formed into a solid head, a solid shape, we'd take that into the face system graphically on an image and then we'd enhance it, put in colouring, put in the eyes here. So it just opened up an incredible new world of identification. You were asked with this system, Adrian, to assist the AFP with the Bali bombing. What other successes did you have with this new system? There were just so many, it's hard to, you just couldn't pinpoint it. As I say, the hit rate was very high and a lot of cases were all from the crime department, from uh, you know homicide or armed robbery squad or whatever else. Jason Roberts was ID'd. He's currently in court at the moment, I think, challenging. Peter Dupas, who murdered that young girl, Messina Helvargas. And once again, it, it's not just ourselves, it's the victims and witnesses and a call went out, anybody there see anyone suspicious at the um, Faulkner Cemetery? And a lady came forward and said, uh, yeah, when I was going in, I saw this guy coming out. Did you get a good look at him? Yeah, we just exchanged eye contact and I thought, what an evil looking person. So she had a reason. But there again, how many people can remember who they passed yesterday? But this woman said, no, I've got a pretty good idea. And she said, I remember his pocket on his coat was, was torn too. I thought, really? So she sat down with... Um, one of my guys, Tim Hardiman, she put their face image together and said, well, how do you reckon this is? So we'd, we'd say, if you're a teacher, how many marks would you give yourself out of 10 for creating this image close to what you remember? And they say, oh, mate, about 70, 75% maybe. And it may be 100%, but it's their perception. Tim went to court for Mr. Dupas 
And defence counsel said, well, you know, the accuracy of this facial image you're, you're producing to the court in evidence to Hardiman or Constance Senior is only about 75%, isn't it? Something like that. So the 25% could be somebody else. Tim just replied back saying, with all due respect, counsel, the image that I've produced in court today doesn't look like his honour or yourself. The person looks closest to is your client. whoops a daisy Yeah, so, um, yeah, there's lots of... There's just so many, so many. You can write a book. I've been writing a book. <laughs> the, it's job, job satisfaction. But once again, all the tools that we've got, all the skills that the, that the guys have got and everything is only dependent on what, as far as facial ID goes, of what people can remember, what they can impart to us. And don't they say in detective training that one of the biggest errors you've got is witness identification? In other words, you know, if you and I suddenly see someone come running through the door with a without a balaclava on, both our perceptions of how that person would look is different. So how do you deal with that in the system? With It's not designed to solely identify a person to a photographic degree. We're more than well aware that people's perceptions are all different. I can recall a chap after committing an offence ran through a shopping centre and it probably sounds a bit odd, but one woman described his hair down to a T. She was a hairdresser in the shopping centre. So what's whatever's relevant to people. Oh, he reminded me a lot of my son-in-law, that my son-in-law's got black hair, this guy had red hair, but facially it looks so much like it. Something that they can relate to is often a help. What's the next step? We've got this extraordinary system. It's been working extremely effectively. Are there any advancements in this software technology that you think VicPol should be adopting? Well, we're well on the way. I thought I'd like to stay there forever, but bailed out in my 70s. So you get very impatient. Once again, I, I want to do this, I want to do that. It's time for somebody else to do it. And, and that's exactly what's been happening. At the time when I left, CCTV was coming in. And I even went as far as having morning tea with, I think it was Robert Dawes, was the um, mayor at the time, saying uh, it might have been after the, the young lady who uh, was assaulted in uh, Fitzroy, she was murdered and raped. Anyway, they said they were going to put more CCTV cameras in around the city. So I said, look, it would be a great help if you could put them in somewhere around about head heights. I mean, they can put cameras in cricket stumps. They can even insert them into our bodies, whatever. Surely to goodness they can have a camera even in service stations around about head level or somewhere where you're getting a front-on shot of that person instead of all being up high where you're getting the tops of baseball bats and bald heads and all that sort of stuff. That's still still an issue with me, but it's not my problem anymore, unfortunately. But CCTV was coming in, and it's it, that in itself has been marvellous. But all the images that VicPol capture all went from wet film many years back now into digital. There's oh, probably over a million or more, I guess, uh, in our database now, in the offender database. If you get a good image, on a, whether it be on a CCTV from um, uh, the railways, on a train, anywhere, uh, that face can be searched, and it can be searched in seconds. That converts the image into a string of numerics. Something like tax lotto numbers will be searched in, in quick time, and it will search these images, and it will throw up maybe... If the, if the offender's in the database, he might have been photographed half a dozen times, been arrested that many times. He might have had a moustache, he might have had long hair or short hair. The software, facial recognition, is so good now... It, you get it on your phone, you get it anywhere. It is so good, it will pick a person out. So if we've got a, a, an image, CCTV image, the uh, it will put into the system, it might throw out 12 images, broadly speaking. Six or seven might be the same guy. The other thing is that it's not there designed specifically to identify a person, but uh, one I can recall as a homicide where a chap knocked on the door, asked for the male inside, the woman who answered the door said, OK, I'll get him for you. She went back inside, only had that brief confrontation at the front door. The male in the house went to the door, bang dead. 
So she only got a, a glimpse. So she, I sat with her, she put a description together and she said, look, it was just so quick. If I'd known he was going to do that, I would have had a better look. She put the face together. I gave it the homicide squad and one of them came up shortly after. He said, how'd you go? And I said, uh, yeah, well, she wasn't all that good, but you know, I have got a, a description for you. And he had a look at it, thumbed through a folder he had and he said, ah, magic, great. I said, so is that good? And he said, yeah, we had four or five suspects. He said, just looks like one. So it's, it's uh, eliminated four and given them a target. So we may or may not have gone to court on that, but the fact that it's identified and they can then pursue that investigation along that line on that particular person. You retired at 64. What pulled you back in again? <laughs> uh, I was quite happy to grow tomatoes in the veggie garden, whatever else. And I got a call after 12 months, almost of the day, saying, I'd like to come back. And I said, doing what? <laughs> Getting a bit old, old to jump fences. And they, the government had said they'd give us another 1,200 police or whatever, but nobody to teach them at the police academy. So it was a bit of a, I don't know, wasn't a hard decision. It started off, would you like to do one or two days? I said, oh, maybe. What about three? I said, oh, yeah, yeah maybe three. What about four? I said, no, hang on, back the truck up again. So with consultation with, with home management, it was a perfect retirement to go over there and uh, still retain a lot of legal knowledge. Ended up being a uh, senior law instructor working out of uh, detective training school or the Centre for Investigative Training, as they call it, and did another eight and a half years. So it was... Um, yeah, it was a reward, very rewarding. I, I I used to go out there and lecture, I think, every uh, recruit squad and every DTS all the, over the 20 years, nearly every every month. But it was a surprise to be asked to, to go back as a lecturer and work with the other guys that I'd been seeing monthly. And they said, what are you doing here? I said, working here full time. Oh, really? So it was great. It was a great retirement. How's retirement treating you now? <laughs> oh, it's that cliche they keep throwing around, never enough hours in the day. I still do caricatures, I still do botanic art. Yeah, I've got a huge garden, uh, six grandkids, not enough hours in the day to do all the things that I want to do. So life is life is great. Just got to stay well. Most importantly, you're still sketching. Yeah, still sketching. Yeah, I, um, yeah, I enjoy computer graphics. I still run Photoshop and do a lot of stuff there for different people, uh, even whether it be just repairing old ancestry photographs or something through to just a recent one from a, a group of police members who wanted a collection of themselves they, they put into a little uh, an image so they could, I don't know, remember the, you know, the squad they were with sort of thing. Retirement caricatures. Yeah, it, it's, I don't know, I just love the world of art. It's great. I've got a little studio down the back and got a DVD player, a few peanuts, I go down there and go into a little world and yeah, the stress level comes down to zero, 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 two, I think. Well, thank you very much for sitting with me today on the Crime Couch, Adrian. It's been a real pleasure. Oh, thanks for you know, showing, showing interest. It's just a different, different world that not many people know a lot about and perhaps it might give people a bit of a heads up if they see somebody that's doing something naughty, then perhaps they might be able to lock it in and describe it to the guys in town. So I still have that interest, but yeah, I don't have the worries or anything that go with it now. I just sit back and, and watch it go through. So I still make contact with the guys in town and, and it's still great to have that passion. It never goes. Thanks very much, Adrian. Thank you, Rochelle. Thanks for joining me. I'm Rochelle Jackson, and I look forward to your company next time on The Crime Catch.